Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. 365 days from this first Sunday in January, what will you look like? Where will you be? What things will God have started in you and be moving in you and be firing in you and changed in you and shaped in you? 365 days from today. Sometimes we talk about how long a year feels or how quick a year feels or how it seems like it just goes. But when I look back on the year, think about who you were 365 days ago. Think about how much has changed in your life over this past year. How many relationships you've formed that now you think, I can't live without that person or I can't live without that connection over the last year. Think about the things that have come into your life, the house you've moved into that feels like home now, the job that you've changed that feels like it's the place you were always meant to be, the city that you moved to and started to live in that now feels totally, look at your year and how much God has done in your life over the past year. Who will you be 365 days from today? You have changed so much over this past year. You have adapted so much. You have uh, uh, altered so much, taken on so many new challenges and conquered things that you never thought you would be able to conquer when you look at who you were and when you think about where you want to go. Who will you be? 365 days from today. What will God have changed in your life, moved in your life? What dreams are you holding on to? Are you pursuing? That's what I want us to dream about on this first Sunday in January is where will we be 365 days from today? I wanna read two passages of scripture to you. The first is out of the book of Matthew. If you can turn with me to Matthew chapter seven. Matthew chapter seven, starting in verse 17. Are you guys able to turn the house lights up just a little bit? Thank you. I can see up front, but the farther back I get, I thought my eyes were better. That's perfect, right there. All right, Matthew, what did I say? Chapter seven, starting in verse 17. There we go. It says, so every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. <clears throat> and a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Now journey just a couple chapters over to the book of Luke. In Luke, we're gonna look at Luke 13 and starting in verse six. Luke 13, starting in verse six, this is a parable of Jesus, it says, and he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it, and he found none. And he said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now, I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down, why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put on it manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, then you can cut 
it down? What will happen in your life over the next year? What will be produced in your life over the next 365 days? Where do you want to be a year from now? What are the things that God has put in your heart to grow and to pursue over the next year? What are the dreams and the visions and the things that he has instilled in you to go after? What are those things that you feel stirring, those dreams that you feel encouraged to pick back up, those things that he, you know that he has designed you for and planted you for and created you for? What do you want your life to look like 365 days from now? Can you imagine it? Can you see it? Can you see the thing that God is speaking to you about? Can you see yourself holding that child that you want to adopt? Can you see your neighbor sitting next to you in a service? Can you see yourself in that new position? Can you see yourself flourishing in that city you've always dreamed of moving to? Can you see yourself praying for someone in a marketplace? Can you see yourself giving like you've never given before? What are the dreams that you have in your your heart, the things that God is calling you to go after, can you see it? And what needs to change in you to get it? What needs to be cut out of your life to go after the thing that God has for you, to see the fruit that he has for you? What needs to be cut out of your life to go after the fruit that God is trying to grow in your life? There are things in your life that are not launching you in the direction that God has for you, but instead are taking up space in your life. If we want to go to new places, if we want to pursue new things, if we want to jump into new endeavors, there is something in your life that has to be cut out. And we can't underestimate the power of what we allow in our lives or what we cut out of our lives. Too often we treat the empty things like they're nothing things and like it doesn't really matter that much, but the changes that we make of what we cut out of our life and what we alter in our life will make the difference of the places that we go to. We think that it's nothing, and we think that it's meaningless. We don't want to change who we are. I want the new phone that has the new camera and the new focus mode, but I really also want to keep the one that I have that's comfortable to me and that's familiar to me and that I know how to navigate and I know how to get around, but you can't have both. There's something Thing that you have to let go of in your life in order to pursue the new thing, to create space for the thing that God is trying to get into your life. What are you holding on to that it's time to cut out? Because I would guarantee that you are underestimating the amount of space that it is currently occupying in your life. The vine dresser said, this tree is taking up the nutrients from the ground. It's taking up the nutrients from the ground of what? Of the healthy trees that are also found in the vineyard, of the trees that are producing good fruit in your life and the parts of your life that are producing, of the parts of your life that are healthy, of the parts of your life that are nourishing and nurturing others are being drained by the unhealthy thing that you have refused to cut out of your life, of the unhealthy spaces, of the unproducing spaces and we treat them like they're nothing, like they're just empty. Well, it's just an empty bag of chips with empty 
calories and it's just an empty nothing meaningless relationship with just a little bit of harmless gossip but it is sucking out of your life the vibrancy that God intended you to live in it is sucking out of your life the intensity and the passion that God intended you to run after your life in it is sucking out of you the energy so many of you who are in here right now you have got so used to living in a life that is sucking all of the goodness because you're giving all of your energy that you can't even connect with the worship that's happening in this place you're happy to just sit back in your seat and watch someone else worship and you're happy to just let someone preach a message and let someone else get it but that's not what we do here we cut out of our life everything that is taking the energy away from me everything in my life that is a distraction everything that wants my unhealthy attention you are going to have to cut some things out of your life if you are going to go after those dreams if you want to be that person you imagine 365 days from now I want you to ask yourself the question this week what needs cut out of my life what's not producing what's empty what do I need to cut out of my life and then I want you to ask yourself the question what do I need to feed in my life because the one person said let's cut it and they agreed if it doesn't produce after one more year we're gonna cut it down but he said also what if we just feed it what if there are things in your life that you think it's time to give up on dreams and hopes and aspirations that you've set down but they don't need cut out and they don't need eliminated they need to be fed they just need to be nurtured a little bit. They just need someone to come and give them some nutrients. They just need someone to come and pour some, something around them so that they can soak up the soil, so that they can soak up the food and the nutrients of that thing. What if the place that is not producing in your life that you're ready to give up on is right on the cusp of producing what you've always dreamed about? I wonder how many people have given up on that business right before it would have taken off. Now, how many people have given up on a relationship right before it would have turned that corner? I wonder how many people have given up on a dream right before it was getting ready to show up for them. What in your life needs fed? What in your life needs you to show up? When we feed the things in our life, it requires us to get close to it. He said, let me dig down. Let me dig down around it where in your life do you need to dig down this year you need to dig down a little deeper and not accept the surface answers for some spaces in your life not accept the surface responses for some places in your life if you want to see good fruit produced out of that tree there are some places in your life that you're going to have to go and you're going to have to dig down around it and find out what is the thing under the thing in this place what is the space under this that causes me to respond in that way that causes me to give up that causes me to have small thinking when I serve such a big God what do you need to dig down around in your life and it's gonna get messy you can't nurture a tree you can't feed a tree without getting messy you're gonna have to get close to it and you're gonna have to get down on your knees and you're gonna have to get your hands in it and you're gonna have to start digging up all of the places and the spaces around it and it's gonna get all over you are you willing to get your whole self into finding 
the fruit that God has for you. And he said, let me go and I'll pour some fertilizer around it. That's the, that's the nice word for pouring some waste around this thing. There might be some waste in your life. It's waste from one thing in your life that is designed to feed the next thing in your life. There's waste from a last season that God gave to you and prepared for you so that it could feed the thing that he is trying to grow in your life. The limitation of a fear of possibly wasting something in your life is preventing you from having the product that you need to feed the thing that God is trying to produce in your life. What am I saying? Have you ever said this? Well, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste my money on that. I don't want to waste my energy on that. I don't want to waste my relational equity on that. I don't want to waste any of, of my precious hours on that thing. What if the waste that you think you're giving is the very thing that God is trying to get out of you so that he can feed the next place of your life. We are so worried about our precious selves being wasted sometimes that I might waste something in my life as if you can waste anything when you've all brought God into the equation. He's the God that takes every last piece of my life, the glorious parts and the broken parts and the hurting parts and the shining parts and the parts that are good for public and the parts that are only good and he pieces them all together and he makes this wonderful life out of it what if the thing you are worried about wasting is the thing that God is trying to draw out of you so that he can use it to fertilize the thing that will be fruitful in your life the place that he wants to be fruitful what if a wasted year isn't a wasted year at all what if it's the year that he's taking to grow deep roots in your life what if it's the year that he's taking to establish a firm foundation in your life? What if it's the year that he's taking to form you and to fashion you and to make sure that your internal person is ready enough to step into the public place that he has for you? What if he is making you what he needs you to be and the thing that you think is wasted isn't wasted at all? It's just feeding the fruit that he's drawing out of your life. We need to stop being so worried about wasting that it paralyzes us, that it freezes us, that it makes us unable to move, that it makes us overly cautious about taking the next step or about venturing out in faith and just learn to say God I trust you that every piece of it is being used for your glory that every piece of it is being used to pursue the things God I trust you that you want my life to be fruitful God I trust you that you want to produce good fruit in my life and so I have learned to just step on that thing and say it might be wasted but even if it's wasted he's going to use it to feed me and he's going to use it to nurture me and he's going to use it to grow something on the inside of me don't waste the next 365 days worrying about whether or not you're gonna waste it just use them just use them just move in it just act in it just go after that thing and see if God doesn't grow something fresh and start producing a fruit just give it one more year just give it one more year and see if it doesn't produce something the ESV that we read today says well and then good if it produces something. A lot of your transitions, translations probably use the word fine. But all of those seem a little bit too weak for what the original language means, then that's the better thing. It has a future orientation to it. It says if, it produce, if we give it one more year and it produces fruit, that's the better outcome. 
that's the thing we really want. If it won't produce, we have to cut it down to prevent it from stealing nutrients from the things that will produce. Ooh, but if we can get it to produce, that's the better thing. Do you have a future orientation? Do you have a better thing orientation? Do you have a what's the best possible outcome? Let's believe and go after that thing. Jesus says the better thing is to pursue the fruitfulness of the tree. He wants to see the tree of your life producing fruit. But don't be fooled into thinking that all fruit is equal, that the evidence of success is the appearance of fruit. Fruit alone does not determine whether or not the life and the things that you are producing or that someone else is producing are a life that is lived honoring God. Because in the scripture we read in Matthew, he says there are trees that produce fruit, but what they produce is unhealthy fruit. It's bad fruit. It's rotten fruit. It's diseased fruit. And so as you step into this year, I want you to evaluate, is the fruit that you're producing, producing health? Have you ever eaten bad fruit? Oh, yes, that hit. You guys are like, oh, yes. It's like we just came out of the holidays, you know, and you get a lot of those, like, fruit trays. And you ever stick one in your fridge for a couple days and then come back and you think, oh, that's still good, and you throw some in your mouth, and it's not good. It's sour. It's bitter. Burns a little bit. Got to get that out immediately. But here's the thing about it. You couldn't really tell just by looking at it. When you looked at it, it looked like it was good, like it was three days ago. It looked fresh. It looked delicious. It looked like fruit you wanted to eat. That's why you took a bite of it. We have to learn to evaluate the fruit of our lives. It's so important in a time when success and when fruitfulness can look like a viral TikTok video to be evaluating, is the fruit that I'm producing healthy fruit? Is the fruit that I'm producing fruit that looks like the things of God in my life? Is the fruit that I'm producing ready to do something good? It's so easy to look at at external things and think I'm producing a fruitful life. Because look, look at how I've been promoted or look at how I got the house or look at all of these friends that I have. Look at the fruitfulness of my life. But that's not the fruit that God has called for. It's easy to look at someone else's fruit from afar and believe that they are pursuing a fruitful, successful life. Because from afar, the fruit of their tree looks good. From afar, the fruit of their tree looks like it would be good to eat, like it would be nourishing to your body, looks like it is producing good things, and looks like, remember, that is what happened with the fruit in the garden. That it said when Eve looked at it, she saw that it was good for eating. But at the core of that fruit, was not something that brought her into life and vitality. At the core of that fruit was something that brought her into death and into destruction. To find out and to evaluate the fruit that you're producing in your life, you're gonna have to get up close to it. You're gonna have to cut it open and find out what is the core of this fruit? What's at the center of this thing? What's at the core of what you're producing? 
is the internal part of who you are. When you cut you open all the way down to the middle, does it look like what it looks like on the outside or is what's on the core of you different from the you that you are presenting everywhere that you go? What is the fruit that you are producing? Healthy fruit isn't flashy. Healthy fruit isn't always obvious. Healthy fruit isn't the fruit that we're always running to or drawn to or want to like or want to double click on or want to share with all of our friends. Healthy fruit takes a little bit longer to grow. It's a little bit slower to grow in our life. It's a little bit less apparent, less obvious. You can't tell if it's healthy fruit or if it's rotten fruit until you get all the way down to the core of it. But when you get to the core of good fruit, good fruit is the fruit that God has designed for you to grow in your life. Good fruit is the fruit that he has for his people. Good fruit is the fruit that grows all the way down from the roots of the tree. It's said that a tree that is good in its core, that is good in its roots, cannot grow bad fruit. It only grows good fruit. There is good fruit that he wants you to pursue in your life. When you grow, when you produce, when you think about those dreams and those plans and that he's placed in your heart, ask yourself, is this good fruit? Is this the good fruit that God has for me? How do you know if this is good fruit? Good fruit refreshes. Good fruit refreshes the soul. It refreshes others. There's a proverb that says, he who refreshes others. Come on, the life of a Jesus follower is the life of someone who brings refreshing to everybody that they encounter. There should be something enjoyable about your life. There should be something enjoyable about the way that you produce the things that you produce. There should be something enjoyable about the thing that comes out of your life, about the fruit of your life. There should be something refreshing out of it, like biting into a crisp apple in October or like slicing open a fresh mango in the middle of summer. There should be something refreshing about the people of God and the kind of fruit that he produces and grows in your life. And good fruit reproduces. Good fruit has in itself everything that it needs to multiply. He called us to go and to make disciples just like Jesus to live a life that is worthy of replication, to produce fruit that is worthy of replication. Ask yourself, if others lived like me, would our city be a better city? If other members of my church behaved and spoke like me, would our church be stronger and be healthier? If my spouse behaved like me, would I feel more loved or less loved? If I spoke to my children, if my children spoke to me the way that I speak to them, would I feel encouraged or strengthened or would I feel dishonored? If I behaved at my workplace this way, would I feel respected? Would I feel valued or would I feel dishonored? Would I feel undervalued? If the life that you're living, if the fruit that you're growing were reproduced, is it healthy, good fruit? Is it worth reproduction? And good fruit restores. Good fruit brings in it healing. Good fruit has the ability to bring to you what you need to restore your body, to restore your mind. 
good spiritual fruit has the ability to restore to you anything that was lost, anything that was missing. It fills in the gaps in your life. It fills in those missing places and spaces in your life. Good fruit restores and good fruit reflects Jesus. Good fruit looks like who he is. Good fruit looks like who he is in our community. Good fruit looks like who he is in our city. Good fruit looks more like Jesus. Good fruit looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, perseverance, self-control. It looks like the fruit of the spirit that, he, that they told us about, that Paul told us about in Galatians. It looks like the person of Jesus. Does your fruit look like those things? Does your fruit look a little bit more like him? Does your fruit share who Jesus is or is your fruit pursuing you? Is it pursuing selfishness? Is it pursuing personal gain? Is it pursuing things that you think other people want you to have in your life to be the type of person that you think they might want you to be? Good fruit doesn't pursue what others want. It pursues what God wants for my life. It pursues what he has spoken to me. It pursues the person that he has called me to be, and it causes me to look like Jesus. As we step into the end of this year, we want to be producing good fruit in our lives. 365 days from now, who will you be? Will you be a thinner, richer, more good-looking version of yourself? All right, I take a little bit of that. Or will you be a transformed person who looks more like Jesus? Will you be somebody who says, I'm not even like the person that I used to be because I've been pursuing good fruit. I've been nurturing the foundation of my life and my life looks a little bit more like Jesus this year than it did when I entered at the end of last year. Who will you be when you end this year? Will you be you slightly better or will you be more like him? Because walking with Jesus is not a call for us to be best versions of ourselves. It's a call for us to lay down ourselves and be the us that he always designed us to be. To be people who have been totally transformed, who walk and breathe and look like heaven with skin on right here in the here and now. When he came to us, he came to us so that we could become like him. Are you going to look more like Jesus? 365 days from now. And how do we look more like Jesus 365 days from now? Jesus told us how. In John chapter 15, John chapter 15 and verse four, it says, abide in me and I in you. As in the branch, as the, I got lost, sorry. Man, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing." Or what did it say? So it said, if you want to bear much fruit, make sure that you take on a keto diet this year. If you want to bear much fruit, make sure that you lay out your five-year strategic plan. If you want to bear much fruit in your life, make sure that you diversify your investments this year. No, 
He said, if you want to bear much fruit, abide in me. Abide in Jesus. Make a commitment at the beginning of this year that wherever I am 365 days from now, it will be as a result of abiding with Jesus, of staying connected to the vine, of living a life that is never far from the presence of who God is, that I am going to live a life that is connected to him. Maybe you but do need to get your body healthy this year. Maybe you do need to learn time management this year. Maybe you do have some relationships skills that you need to pursue in this year but let those things flow out of a life that is connected to Jesus let those things flow out of a life that is connected to the vine let those things be the fruitfulness of a life that is producing good healthy fruit from abiding in the presence of who God is from being connected to him every single day of the week you have 365 days to make one step after the other you have 365 days to make one move after another you have 365 days to produce good fruit good healthy fruit in your life and what I want to ask you is it going to be fruit that you made out of your own hand that cannot be healthy by ourselves unconnected from the vine we are destined to be the unfruitful fig tree or the rotten tree that's producing unhealthy unhealthy fruit we cannot produce good fruit when we are not connected to him But if you determine at the beginning of this year, I am going to live my life connected to the vine. That's my prayer for you on this first Sunday in January. That 365 days from today, you would find yourself standing with Jesus still. You would find yourself abiding in his presence. You would find yourself walking with Jesus. And you would find yourself looking and living and reflecting who he is just a little bit more. Set all your goals, pursue all your things, but don't do it disconnected from the vine. Determine this first Sunday of the year, I am going to live my life connected to the vine. And 365 days from today, I'm gonna produce good, healthy fruit. I'm gonna look a little bit more like Jesus. Amen? I wanna pray for you today, church. Father God, I thank you that you have given us access to your presence. I thank you that you have given us access to who you are. And I thank you that you care about us enough to transform us and to change us and to make us more like you. So I speak over every person hearing this message today, that your presence, that they would determine in their hearts, God, to abide with you, to rest in you. God, teach us what we need to cut out. Teach us what we need to feed God. Help us evaluate if fruit is selfish fruit or is fruit that is producing good, healthy things, God. Help us to refresh others, restore others, Help us to reproduce and help us to reflect you every day of this year. I speak that this is going to be your most fruitful year. I speak over you the blessing of his abundance, the blessing of his favor in everything that you pursue this year. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.